Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 7, Moving Targets. Mary, I love you, but I have some fun facts first. Um, Okay, so by fun, I mean the IMDb details. This was directed by Paul Schneider, who we have seen one time before in Fame is Where You Find It, which I don't know if you remember from season one. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) And it was written by Larry, who we know goes on to like be a showrunner and producer and all these things. And he does like 30 episodes of 90210. But this is only his second writing credit after what or his first one was The Little Fish, which I also don't know if you remember, we specifically called out how much he hated Brenda in that episode. Was that also the episode where Brandon felt out of character? I think so. It was the one where Brenda shows up from Minnesota and they're all like, how are you going to pay for Brandon? That's right. All right. Yep. I'm with you. Yeah. Back on board. (laughs) And then for my final fun fact that actually kind of is a fun fact and may or may not be true, Gabrielle Cartera should be pregnant right now. She had her first baby in May of 1994, and this episode aired in October of 1993. So it aired seven months before the kid was born, so she might be pregnant upon filming. Yeah, depending on how long they film like ahead of it, then yeah. She could be. Or if she's not, she's dang close on her storyline right now, actually. like, Right? Makes I, that happen. That's, that was the thing that made me think of it. Is I was like, I was reading something, and I saw that she had a kid in 1994, and I was like, so I you know, backtracked it in my head, and I was like, oh my god. Is she going to have an accidental pregnancy in freshman year of college when she should have gone to Yale? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Only time will tell, because I actually do know the answer to this question, and... I swear to God, if it's Dan's, I will throw my laptop. Mum is the word, and not, like, mom, mom, but, like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say. <laughs> I would have loved that slip. Mommy, I mean, <laughs> mom, is the word. <laughs> well, Mary, what happened this week? Well, I have a fun fact, too, and that's this episode is called Moving Targets because they literally cannot focus on any one character for more than 30 (laughs) seconds. The girls have their first only them sorority meeting at the Peach Pit. Brenda seeing Stuart again. She has a new dress and it looks really good. Kelly likes John but feels bad about Dylan getting carjacked the night she broke up with him. Dylan and Brandon go check an impound lot for Dylan's stolen car. It's not there. Dylan talks shit to some cops and kicks a cone. Brenda goes dancing with Stuart again. She tries to come up with some alternative names for Stuart because she really hates the name Stuart. None of the names she thinks of are good, so she decides to just call him Stuart and live with it. (laughs) David is still doing night radio alone. Dan eats yogurt in bed while Andrea dreams about flying. Andrea is sad she can't tell her friends about Dan even after she switched classes. Dan doesn't even want to know what the consequences are if people happen to find out about his and Andrea's relationship. Stuart wants to bang Brenda at Casa Walsh, and if not there, his house. Brenda is not ready for that yet. 
Good thing they didn't go inside together because Jim and Cindy waited up for Brenda. They're sick and tired of her getting home at 3 a.m. Brenda says they're lucky she came home at all and they are scandalized. Jim tells Dylan how to do all of the stuff you're supposed to do after your car gets stolen. Jim also tells Dylan maybe counseling will help you with the aftermath of that whole carjacking at gunpoint thing. Dylan says he has a better idea. That idea is a gun. Brandon goes to office hours to make friends with one of his professors. They're both sports guys. Kelly, while chatting with John, stops chatting with John to go check on Dylan. <laughs> Stuart's dad invites Jim, Cindy, and Brenda to their house in Bel Air for brunch. It's a triple date. Good thing Brandon wasn't invited because he already has a date with his teacher. Speaking of dates with your teachers, Dan asks Andrea out on a real date in front of real people. Instead, they play Scrabble in Andrea's dorm. Jackie drops off Aaron at the beach house so Mel can come pick her up. Mel shows up early with his new girlfriend, Nina, and Jackie is pissed. And so are David and Kelly. Dylan takes Kelly on a date to the gun range. Kelly does not want to play with guns and is visibly disturbed by Dylan's vocal anxiety and all of the shooting. The Walshes show up for brunch at Bel Air, I guess. The flower <laughs> budget is low again this season. Jackie really misses Aaron on the weekends. Kelly meets up with Steve and Brandon to tell them about Dylan's new gun hobby. Brandon and Steve are like, what are we supposed to do? Kelly demands they talk to him. Larry gets Jim to do work over brunch while Vivian and Cindy talk about gardens or something. Larry wants Stuart to do work too, but Stuart has a healthy work-life balance and says no thank you. Brandon's professor wants him to interview... No. Okay. Every time I try to talk about Brandon, I just fuck up. <laughs> Brandon's professor wants him to interview to tutor Deshaun, a transfer athlete, because Brandon is smart and likes sports. Brandon gets the job immediately because he, the 90s equivalent of Googled his teacher's favorite sports reference. <laughs> Brenda and Stuart play pinball. Stuart says Brenda... I didn't finish this sentence. Brenda <laughs> improves her blank. Brenda half yells that she loves him because it not only been a week. Brandon meets Deshaun and reminds us that he was once on the basketball team that time. Instead of studying, he and Deshaun play basketball. David and Kelly fight on behalf of their parents until Donna makes them realize that's what they're doing. So they stop. Andrea <laughs> makes out with Dan in the literal middle of the cafeteria. No one notices until they do and start clapping. Jim and Cindy learn that Larry and Vivian have exactly opposite views of Stuart and Brenda's relationship. Larry catches Brenda taking a shower after having done things with Stuart. Larry tells them they can't hang out tonight because Jim wants Brenda to stay home. Dylan arrives home from surfing in a blue Jeep, and it's cute. Brandon and Steve are waiting for him there with pizza. Dylan says he feels better after having surfed and plans to celebrate by actually going to class next week. Brandon and Steve tell Dylan Kelly told them he likes guns now. Dylan's all, nah guys, I don't even like guns that much, flips over <laughs> gun magazine. The very next scene is Dylan trying to buy a gun, except in California you have to be 21 to own a gun. Gun shop guy is all, I can't let you buy that son, that would be illegal, but after hours I don't follow the law. And that's literally how the episode ends. I know. Okay, so, all right. It's only Larry's second go-around. 
But what do you think about Larry on episode number two? Well, I, th- I think that um, I think he likes to incorporate a lot of storylines that could potentially weave together, but not really, because he seems to like the passing, like passing of one conversation to another. If that makes sense, like you'll have a character talking to another character, and oh, they happen to be in the same place as the other character but they don't really interact but it's a natural like camera handoff if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so my opinion which i think honestly is just true for season four and the writer's room in general nobody likes brenda anymore (laughs) she is like 18 or 19 or whatever and they're just like i think she needs to stay home with her parents tonight Yeah, they do that right after the episode, I'm pretty sure, where they were like cool with her not having a curfew anymore. Like, like Jim was like, yeah, you're right. And then that was that. Yeah. And then this time, like the first time we see her come home, they're like, they're both up. Mm -hmm. They're like, Brenda, it's three o'clock in the morning. And she's just like very gently closed the door. She's told Stuart that he can't come in. She didn't leave and go home with him. And then they're just like, Brenda, go to your room. Yeah. Like, Like, I don't understand. Like, I mean, I didn't live with my parents at this point, but I did go home on, you know, weekends or over the summer or break or anything. And they didn't act like this. Yeah. I mean, I would say, like, my parents were pretty, like, okay, well, during... When I was away at school, like, obviously it didn't matter. My mom would usually text me goodnight, and then I would say goodnight back. But, like, she admitted to me, she was like, I know that you weren't going to sleep. Like, or potentially, you know, because she would be texting me at, like, I don't know, like, 9.30, 10 o'clock. I don't know. <laughs> and, but then when I was at home, like, I mean, and I lived pretty, like, sheltered a bit. So, I, I still feel like my mom didn't necessarily, like, wait up for me, but she would still expect me to, like, let her know I was home somehow like whether or not that woke her up or I just like she heard me I don't know but it wasn't like she sat in the living room waiting for me to get home so she could go to bed not even once yeah like that's just not what my parents would do like I'm sure probably a few times I was loud enough that I woke my dad up in the middle of the night and he was like oh it's three o'clock in the morning Ariel's home Mm -hmm. but like it's not like he waited up for me. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, my parents would always, like, have gone to bed. Yeah. No, honestly, I think the only reason they ever knew that I was there is because after I moved out, they turned my room into an office. So I had mm. to use the guest room across from their room. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. My my room at my mom's house is still my room. Like, it's a little different. Like, it has different furniture. Not, like... The bed is still there, but, like, my dresser's not there. You know, like, other pieces of furniture because I either took it with me or they got rid of it. But, like, it's still a bedroom, and it's still pretty much, for all intents and purposes, looks like my bedroom. Oh, no. Like, every time someone moved out of the house, the room got turned into something else. My brother's room became a gym. My room became an office. And then we went down to, like, three bedrooms. 
including like the guest bedrooms. And they were like, we still have enough for you. <laughs> but it's not mine. Yeah. My mom was way too like sentimental, like, I don't know the word for it, but yeah, she never would have changed it. She she would have been one of those like, oh my God, if I change it, that means you'll never come back or like, you know, something like that. So sorry, mom. Um, You don't listen. <laughs> it's fine. No, uh, seriously, my parents are the opposite. They're like physical things like a bed, a safe space for you. No. But do you want your fifth grade graduation certificate? <laughs> I saved this uh, what did they? My dad just found a story that I wrote about me going camping with my grandparents. It is multiple pages long. Ooh. Comes with illustrations. Um, I think we I need to hear this. <laughs> can you read it to us, please? <laughs> I can read you the first page. Perfect. <laughs> the only one I have. My dad please. sent a picture of it. Okay, hold on. I'll try and use the exact excitement that I had when I wrote the story. Well, and all you listeners out there, just know uh, this episode is also called Moving Targets because we're apparently going to go in a thousand different (laughs) directions. (laughs) All right. When I went camping in Michigan, May 5th, 1998. Oh, my God. I know. I want to tell you about the time I went to Pontiac, Michigan for three whole weeks. The reason was I took the offer of going camping Wait, the reason was I took the (laughs) offer of going camping was to be with my cousin, grandma, and grandpa. We drove to the trailer camp in a trailer, of course. (laughs) Guess what? When grandpa drove, we got to sit with the puppy. (gasps) The next day we went swimming, and while drying our hair off, Haley and I played cards. The game we played was called War, and guess what? I kept winning, so we decided to go play Go Fish instead. (laughs) We had dinner, and it was also my favorite, hot dogs. (laughs) Then we watched part of a movie, and then it was time for bed. Though it was hard, because we were going swimming again tomorrow. (laughs) The next morning, we watched the rest of the movie. What a day. (laughs) Right? I just set the stage for you. Like, I painted a picture. Oh, I can clearly see the puppy. I can see you playing war with your cousin, and and I don't even know what your cousin looks like, but I feel like I do, and she's getting mad. She's very upset. So she's like, God, Ariel, can we please just, like, go fish instead? And I bet I won then. Or we stopped, because hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. (laughs) All caps. Exclamation points. There was an ellipses leading up to hot dogs. Oh, my. Look at you and your grammar skills at a wee 1998. (laughs) Wow. What a masterpiece. I know. I feel like we should end there. That was a high note. Yeah, it really was. I'd grade that an A plus. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Just wait until you see the art. Oh, I need the art. Oh, man. So technically, we didn't even really start the episode. We (laughs) We just jumped to a random part in the episode. But that's okay, because that's basically what this episode does. Um, And I feel like this beginning is kind of jumping in, too, because they make a point of calling it a sorority meeting with Brenda. mm -hmm. And didn't we talk about a couple episodes ago, they cut out the scene where they decided to start the sorority Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I almost feel like they mentioned it one time, like, maybe one time said, or no, 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 it wasn't, um, 
it was um, Leslie, I think, who was like, oh, it's the Fab Four or something like that from Beverly Hills. So we were like, oh, my God, like, they're now the Fab Four. And apparently they started their own sorority but didn't because they're still connected to the Alpha House somehow. Well, yeah, it's like Brenda, not Brenda, everyone but Brenda is in Alpha Omega. And then they have like separate pretend sorority with Brenda. Which makes like, no they, sense. <laughs> they go through this whole thing of being like, oh, we got to, you know, say the minutes and talk about old business and then talk about new business. Mm-hmm. And then. Did Andrea really decide to be in the sorority after all? Who knows? I have no idea. I just assumed so because I didn't remember her saying no. Well, and she and Leslie like kind of bonded over their shared religion. Yeah. Like I remember they made up, but I didn't know if she ever unquit. But no clue. I feel like if she unquit and joined Alpha Omega, that she wouldn't want to keep hanging out with Dan. Or right? that she, well, because she, she would have been at the, the truck. Yeah, I was trying to remember because I don't think she was there. I know Donna was. Oh, yeah. So maybe she didn't join. Maybe it's just Donna and Kelly. It would have been great if we got that scene. Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. So is Andrea just not doing anything? She went from, like, running the newspaper and volunteering and having a job at the beach club to doing sleeping Dan. with Dan. Yeah. I mean, maybe she's just waiting to, like, join. I mean, I don't know. I can't say too much. I know too much. I mean, ugh. Dan. Just waiting for that storyline, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, apparently it's just going to get thrown out when she gets pregnant. I'm really curious. I want to keep an eye out for that bump. We shall see. <laughs> I was just watching the episode of 30 Rock where uh, Elizabeth Banks' character is pregnant and trying to hide it because she works at Fox News. And she's like, the joke is the misogyny. And so they show a clip of her doing her talk show holding a giant ham in front of her stomach. (laughs) And they're like, oh, you're showing. I thought you were acting weird on your show. (laughs) So I can't wait. Yeah, I just saw a picture um, on Instagram because Mandy Moore is pregnant in real life. And so they showed – she, like, posted a behind-the-scenes photo of her, like, in wardrobe getting her, like, bump hidden because, you know, she's – Playing not a pregnant mother. So <laughs> anyway. Um so that's so cool. But yeah, oh, one thing I was gonna mention about this scene, because you mentioned it was very much like, oh, let's quickly get a recap of everything that's happened almost in between the last episode or so. And so I was like, Well, what if this episode took place, you know, two weeks after the previous episode? Or, you know, because like nowadays shows take random breaks all the time like you know if there's um you know election coverage or if there's you know christmas thanksgiving there's spring hiatus like things like that and i feel like shows didn't really do that a lot back in the day so i was like well maybe they did that nope it was the week after just like normal so can't really explain why they did the recap but they did and ended up literally recapping that everybody knows that dylan and kelly aren't seeing each other anymore that Brenda shows up and is like, I'm dating this guy named Stuart. And Kelly's like, what? Oh, Stuart. And has the same reaction that Brenda did when he, she learned his name the first time. And, um, yeah, they go through the minutes real quick and get right to Stuart. 
Yeah, because they're like, oh, yeah, we do minutes, and then we do new business, then we do blah, 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 and then we break and see who's lost their virginity. And they were just like, break. Hey, Brenda. Uh, how's Stuart? Which I thought it was interesting that, like, obviously Brenda has nothing to not admit to because, you know, she, of course, did. But the fact that she was like, oh, a couple years ago, like, it felt very pointed. Like, they, like... They wanted to make this point that this happened two years ago. So. Well, and it feels so interesting that, yeah, they're being very pointed about virginity. Because, like, when they first started talking, it was like, why are they asking Brenda about her virginity? Everyone was there yeah. when she and Dylan had sex. Like, this is not news to anyone. Kelly went to the doctor with her. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I think the next thing is Donna being, like, the last of the virgins. I was like, oh. I get it, because Andrea. Yep. I feel so bad for Andrea that, like, she's hiding this. Oh, yeah. That's a shitty situation. Um, Did y'all catch the callback on the roller coasters are sex analogy? (gasps) No. I missed it. So Kelly was just like, well, yeah, Brenda, I know you're not a virgin, but I was just wondering if you rode that roller coaster yet or whatever. I totally missed it totally perfectly tied in with Donna and Andrea talking about virginity again it was kind of cute oh my gosh I'm so mad I missed that I'm so glad you called it out same I I did love the girl talk though like you know this is stuff we don't actually get like very often we get couples talking to each other but the fact that they made this into a fab four I'm, I'm digging it Oh, I am so on board. Like, as much as I love them mixing them all up or, like, putting them all together, like, the boys all doing things together and the girls all doing things together is just so cute to me. Like, you know, nothing happens in the scene, really, where, like, Brandon takes Dylan to go pick up his car. But I was just like, I'm just glad they're together. Right. And that they're not doing it by themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean – we can't forget, though, something does happen when they go to the impound lot. (laughs) Dylan kicks the shit out of a cone. And I'm well, so glad Mary mentioned it in her synopsis because that was, like, the thing I, like, paid attention to in that scene was, like, oh, Dylan just kicked a cone. Well, and my favorite part is the cop being, like, we haven't gotten any Porsches. And he's, like, I have the serial number. And the cop's, like, okay, let me see it. And somehow can just, like, look at the serial number and know it belongs to a Honda, which, first of all, is absolute bullshit. And then, like, when Dylan gets so mad at them for confusing a 911 with a Honda Civic, he's, like, you need to tell your boy to calm down. Yeah, it's like, no, you need to do your job. I'm just not sure I understood the whole like. Okay, here are the sides for you, Miss Cop. You know, police officer number one, be rude to this boy who was carjacked and got his car stolen. You know, like, I I don't, I don't understand the performance there, sir. (laughs) And like, the more. You know, you even saying that, I don't understand the need for this scene. Like, we could have skipped right to being in Jim's office and Dylan and Jim talking about, like, oh, the car's not going to be recovered. You need to start filing insurance papers. You need to get a rental, da 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 da. Mm -hmm. Like, I almost feel like there must be some quota for Brandon being good guy Brandon. And they needed to fit one more in for him being like, calm down, Mr. Police Officer, sir. My friend, he's had a rough time. That's a really good point, because if you think about it, Brandon's really been in the background for several episodes now. Like, he hasn't had a main story 
since he was trying to be in politics slash maybe the newspaper, like whatever. And so he's been in the background. So to bring up that there might be a quote, it's like, yeah, we actually have to feature Brandon at some point. And, you know, I think this episode actually set it up, you know, got a new character involved in a new relationship kind of situation. But like, yeah, he hasn't really been in a lot. So he's just been a support character for the last few episodes. So he's like supporting Brenda by doing another little twin talk, supporting Dylan by going to the impound lot with him. And then even Steve is kind of support is definitely a support character this episode because he also is with Brandon when they grab the pizza and they talk about the gun stuff. So yeah, I thought that was interesting that it's like you have to like remind people what Brandon's really about. <laughs> and that is being a savior of some sort. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I just looked up his IMDB to see if he was going to be in a movie or something. And, like, maybe that's why he was less frequently featured. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really look like it. Um, I am seeing that he was in the movie Tombstone with, like, everyone. And I had no idea. And now I feel like I need to go watch the movie Tombstone. Nice. Like, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton. Oh, boy. Jason Priestley. (laughs) Um, but, and that's also, you know, you said he's been in the background for a couple of episodes. I didn't even realize it's only been seven episodes of college. Mm-hmm. So like him not being in these episodes, I feel like it's kind of felt like uh, more episodes than seven. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I'm like, we're already to seven episodes and Brandon doesn't have a storyline yet. Yeah. Like the fact that. Deshaun is in this episode means that like he like he is going to play a part in Brandon's story yeah also which well I can wait till we get there because I just have some things to say about about Deshaun so oh so do I (laughs) go figure this dude's been in like everything he's been in everything oh my goodness but yeah that's like arguably the very end of the episode Mm -hmm. because we haven't even gotten to the Mendoza line yet well and in between all that I I have one thing to say and it's like we see the next scene we see after Dylan kicks a cone is we're back at that dance clubhouse thing and what's so interesting she's with Stuart again you know FYI Stuart is opposite of Dylan so far at this point with the exception of money, right? Because Dylan would never dance. Um, he didn't really like it. He didn't like to go to clubs. He didn't like to go out. And Stuart is all about it. And I kind of realized, like, not a lot of men, I'm even thinking specifically about, like, our group, the three of us, like, Nate would not go to a dance party. John never came to one that I went to with you. Maybe, Yeah, maybe you went to one. And then Michael goes. So it's like Michael, and this is not meant badly, Michael is the steward. <laughs> I'm thinking Nate. Uh, Nate might be the brand and only because he might claim to not dance, but then you get him to a wedding and he'll dance. So I, I guess that leaves John the Dylan. <laughs> no, please no. <laughs> Brandon I'm- will dance for the right girl. Oh, yeah, I'm the right girl, so that makes sense. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't think we've met the John equivalent yet. That's a good point. Maybe we haven't met the John equivalent. Or maybe John's like a mixture of a few people, you know? <laughs> He's the good parts of Steve, less the <laughs> shitty parts of Steve. 
Yeah. I need like a 16 personalities quiz, but for 90210 characters. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Or like an Enneagram or something. <gasps> yep. I've never wanted something so much. <laughs> There's got to be something on the internet out there about that. But speaking of Stuart, we've got the first of like three quotes that I wrote down. Okay. Not entirely sure this is anywhere close to being like quote of the week material. But I just can't get over how much Brenda hates Stuart's name. Oh, my God. Right? She's like, I can't call you Stuart. I can't call you Stewie. How about Stu? And then he's like, my father calls me Stu. (laughs) (laughs) He hates me so much. Papa. Daddy. (laughs) That's what he and Dylan have in common. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, she wants to call him Stu because it's meaty. It's hearty. It sticks to your ribs. Yeah, it's gross. Like, if you put it like that, Brenda, Stu sounds awful. <laughs> well, and then immediately after, he's like, my father calls me Stu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, if you're going to give him a nickname, you got to – it's got to be something authentic, right? Like, it's not – nicknames are not always just a shortened version of your existing name. Like, a lot of times it is, but not always. It could be something fun, like, you know, the fact that, you know – they bonded over, I don't know, just something on their first date. Like, the fact that they dance a lot. Like, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of things that she could draw a nickname out of. and But she chooses three that are just, or, or two, rather, that are just shortened versions of his name. And, and the fact that, I, I just don't know that that would jive with me if, <laughs> if I was dating Nate back in college. And he was like, yeah, no, I, I, I just really, I don't like Caitlin. I'm just... Nothing about that sounds good. So let's let's name you something different. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think like I had so John has ever only ever called me girlfriend and wife mm-hmm. and fiance for you know the brief period in between. But like other than that, I feel like people used my last name a lot. Mm, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those that loves to give nicknames because I secretly always want to be a nickname and I'm rarely a nickname. <laughs> so that's my sad story. I'm very quick to give people nicknames, hoping they'll give me one back. <laughs> I'll give you a nickname. It has to be organic, though. It can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to think about this because that just doesn't work. Well, now we're just going to look for opportunities. <laughs> no, hey, right? that's, all, that's all I ask. <laughs> yeah, like I already call like, two different people at work by their by nicknames Jacqueline and Shelby I rarely call them Jacqueline and Shelby they're their other names that I call them and Shelby honestly has about 10 nicknames hers is really easy to nickname but yeah it's just like even Nate like Nate is rarely Nate when I speak to him it's Nate dog nine times out of ten it's Nate dog or it's like a pet name you know which isn't a nickname it's a pet name I feel like pet names count as nicknames yeah, but it's something that you reserve only for, like, the person you're dating. That's it's not fair. necessarily unique to them, unless you do develop a pet name that ends up being a nickname. You know, like, can't even think of one. I'm just going to start confusing you, and I'm just going to call you babe. That's fine. It's just me and Nate, <laughs> babe. Hey, babe. I mean, maybe, oh, my God, maybe Nate didn't like my name. And because... <laughs> Seriously, like, I can count on maybe two hands the number of times, at least in the last five years, that he's called me Caitlin. 
<laughs> one was at my wedding. <laughs> because he was forced to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like, the only, like, even, it goes so far to even when he, like, references me to his family member on, like, the telephone or something, and I hear him say Caitlin, I'm like, is that how my name sounds coming out of your mouth? <laughs> yes. No, I I totally understand. Yeah. Brenda could have called him Stew Dog. That's all I have to say about that. All I can think of is Booert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Booert's pretty cute. I really liked how Kelly said Stuart. She was like, Stuart. <laughs> sounded like she was saying Stuart. <laughs> See, that's what you got to do. If you don't like it, you just, like, change the pronunciation. Right. Yes. Seriously. Like, that's another nickname opportunity, too. Like, trust me, there's plenty. Just somebody call me a nickname. (laughs) Catalan. Nope. 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 You know what? Oh, my God. I'm having a therapy session right now. I think it stems from the fact that my mom would always nickname people, and she would nickname me, too, but it would be words that are, like, not anywhere close to Caitlin. Like, she'd call – I think I've told the story before – But it's like, I enjoyed it because it was like, I always knew who she was talking to. It was always me. And it was by something that wasn't my name. And then she got mad at me and said my name. And Oh, Oh, the emotional reaction of someone using your full name. Oh, boy. Anyway, we can move on. (laughs) So, I don't know. We see Dan and Andrea. And like, seriously, there are several times in my notes that I'm just like, Dan and Andrea, blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah. bored. The only thing I noted in this scene, other than the yogurt, because, like, I feel like they're reusing food props now, because hmm. there are two instances of yogurt in this episode. Yeah, I noticed that as well. But, like, other than that, Dan's kind of built. Yeah, he's got nice abs. I almost wrote it down, but then I know how we feel about Dan, so I didn't. <laughs> oh, no. I just wrote, damn, Dan. And that's it. That's all I wrote. I mean, I just remember this is the scene. I'm for that <laughs> note. <laughs> all those sweaty bike rides are paying off. Do you know what? I'm for it. I don't know, guys. I like Dan. I'm not I mean, opposed to Dan. He sucks, but <laughs> but we know he sucks and he's cute. I mean, so he's got a good head of hair. Got a good body. He's, He's very- like doing a Steve thing with me right now. Yeah, Ugh. I can see that. I just I can't get over him being like, "Well, they only want you because they have a Jew quota." True, that's fair. And then now I remember this is the episode where he's just like, "We can't go public," and she's like, "Why?" Like legally, we can. And I changed my classes, which I love that no one has commented on that. Like. Like, Donna was in that class with her. Mm -hmm. Yes. Donna probably thinks that Andrea's pissed that she wrote a better essay about shoes. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're so right. That's probably so true. That would have been a more interesting conversation than, like, 95% of Dan and Andrea's conversations this episode. Well, and that's the thing is she's like, I did all this stuff for you. And he's like, but what if they get mad at me? Yeah. It's not all about you, Dan. I also just hated, like, this little story arc and why they kept focusing on it and going back to it in scenes because I'm like, they're saying the same things and then they flip-flop and then they both decide that it's fine. Like, 
this is a one scene situation. Or I will max say, two. The only thing I liked about this whole Dan and Andrea for the entire episode is when Andrea is at the peach pit and she's talking about like how she feels like she's wading into an ice cold pool really slowly and she just wants to dive in. And did y'all see Steve's face? Like, um, not explicitly. He was cheesing so hard. He was like, I know what you did. <laughs> like, it's the same thing of like, it takes Brandon a minute to catch on with Andrea, but Steve is just like, you did it. Because <laughs> oh that's God. what, that's when they have the whole like, you need to do a cannonball. And then Steve goes, naked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Steve can see when you dye your hair and he can see when you're not a virgin anymore. <laughs> and that's why I love him. He pays those, attention to detail. Those are his superpowers. Hair coloring. Sex. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes that's all you need. You need, you want the people around you to notice when you've gotten a haircut. That's true. That's very true. But I don't necessarily need someone to know when I've had sex or not. <laughs> but I like, it's the idea that Steve can like tell that there's something different about her. Sure. Yep. He's always been very in tune with Andrea. Like I still ship it. Yeah. We all Seriously. do. Seriously. Like, I, I think that's the reason I can't like the people that Andrea's with. Because <laughs> you're always comparing them back to Steve. Like, it's not Steve. Guys, how have we spent this much time and I'm, I've scrolled down one time on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we're kind of like, we're talking in order, but like out of order. Because, yeah, true. I mean, like, truly, I think that was it. With Andre, I don't really have anything else to talk about until they make out in the middle of the student center. Right, right, right. But then, yeah, and then Stuart, we talked about the date. He, like, gets kind of aggressive with her when oh. they get back to the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, like, like, not taking no for an answer, which I don't – I'm just very in tune with that now, I think. More so yeah. than back then, you know. And I think I'm more in tune with it on this show in particular. Like, yeah. I am just expecting bad things to happen to everyone on this show. So yep. when he was just like, no, let me in, and then, like, stepped closer to her, and she was like, no, you can't come in. And he was like, fine, then you're coming home with me, and, like, picked her up. Like, you know, it was meant to be really flirty, but literally, like, I heard in my brain, well, fine, then you're coming with me. Right, 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 right. Like, the tone. Like, in your in your head, you hear the tone differently than what it actually is. Exactly. Like, yep. I was like, I know that's not what's happening here, but I'm sitting here being like, Brenda's so tiny. Put her yeah, down. I know. I mean, yeah, you're totally right. Like, I think that's what's so interesting about the guys and girls, because like, it, it goes back to that thing I always think about when it comes to situations like that could be supercharged like that. And it's like, even the strongest woman can still be overpowered by a guy, right? And like, because bio biologically, like, men are bigger than women. Like, that's just how it is. And so I always get worried. Like, especially when you got a guy like Stuart and even Dan. They're both big guys. Even um, John Sears. Like, they're all three of them are not Brandon. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're tall and they're bigger and all that. So, yeah, I think it's totally normal for for us to be thinking like that. I wish it wasn't true because that's it's just scary. But, yeah. I can totally see how you saw that because I, I heard it. I just didn't let myself go there. Yeah. And like I even wrote it in my notes of like, I am feeling this way. I know this is not what this was. Yeah. And then like, you know, she goes inside. Jim and Cindy are waiting up for her. 
whatever, totally out of character from the last episode, which mm-hmm. kind of blows my mind. Whatever. I guess we're pretending that didn't happen. Maybe maybe when Jim goes to bed and Brandon's like, I can't believe you let her get away with it. Jim walked into the bedroom and goes, I can't believe I let her get away with it. Yeah, it's like Brandon like subliminally, subliminally messages him, but like not subliminal at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were just like, Brandon's right. I should be mad at Brenda. Yep. And then, yeah, they're mad at Brenda. Also, I have come to decide I do not like Cindy's haircut. I don't either. Not a good look for her. Don't love it. I feel like I was okay with it in, like, the first episode, and now I'm just like, it's it's too uh, Mrs. Brady. I feel it's- like they were trying to do, like, a French bob, but they made it too round. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, she kind of looks like a light bulb. <laughs> and, like, it's not her fault. No. It just happened. Well, I hope it grows. Mm-hmm. So the next morning... Brenda and Brandon are off to school together, and they're driving in the Stang. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I want to point this out, like, first of all, I love that Brenda's like, Stuart's the first guy since Dylan that knows how to woo. Because it's yep. like, I, I don't remember Dylan really wooing you. The only woo that happened was when he came around on that motorcycle and took his helmet off, and she said, I like your butt. <laughs> <laughs> And by woo, I mean was naked in my house. Well, that too. Yeah, that's a good point. But like my favorite part. So she says that and then Brandon is like, does he have a rich twin sister or something? And I was just like, okay, picture it. We have a spinoff where Brenda and Brandon have married twins, rich twins, Stuart and Stephanie, and they all live in a really fancy house together. I'm going to write this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> add it to the list. The list we haven't touched. <laughs> I want this spinoff. <laughs> Tell me that's not amazing. I mean, I would watch that, especially if it was a reality show. I would watch the shit out of it. So they get the class while well, Brandon gets the class. And he's in some class with Steve. And we finally see a professor that's not a student TA. And it's, I don't know if they even say his name. They they had to have at some point, but I don't remember. I didn't catch it. Mm. I'm going to call him Professor Prisofferson. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Professor Prisofferson? Prisofferson. I totally said it wrong. I heard it correctly, though, and still couldn't say it. Professor Prisofferson. Yeah, that's right. The F's and S's, man. That's hard right? to say. That's, I can't not say Prisofferson now. Prisofferson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he is teaching the class. <laughs> and he's talking about basically like on your test, you got to get above uh, this Mendoza line. And I made a note to look it up later. Thankfully, I didn't have to because it was explained to me. I yeah. I. I looked it up right now, and I put it in my notes, and I was so excited about it. And then Brandon says it later, and I was like, well, I did it first, Brandon. <laughs> Beat ya. But it doesn't matter. I mean, literally, the the Mendoza line is like, don't fail. Yeah, it's just don't go below average, right? Because, like, 
the ending, you know, the, the when Brandon actually says what it is, is essentially like a, a measurement of basically like this dude named Mario Mendoza was a shortstop and he had a really bad career batting average and it was like 200, mm-hmm. which that's not really that bad, but it's not great. But now they use it as a measure of like, are you having a good season or a bad season? Yeah. It's, so. I think they call it like competence. Yeah. So like it's literally this man is saying the Mendoza line, but it's literally just don't fail the test. Right. You need a C to pass the class. That is the, you know, college requirement is that you need a C to pass this test. Like mm-hmm. that's what this man is saying. He just wanted to be fancy about it. He just wanted to trick people. And then like, I don't know, Brandon goes to his office hours like a lot later, but I just kind of want to get through Professor professorson because <laughs> it's stupid um but he goes to office hours later and he's like oh i'm really nervous about this test or quiz or whatever they're even taking and the professor's like did you read chapter two then you're ready and then brandon's like well i looked up the mendoza line and i couldn't find it and then the professor says check the sports pages or whatever and then when he goes back after the test and the professor's like, oh, I'm interviewing people to be a student tutor. And Brandon's like, oh, I looked at that thing you told me to look up. He's like, well, you're hired. Yeah, because he looked up one thing. That the professor told him to look up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like he took any initiative and, like, found it. Right. I mean, he did look, but he didn't find it. And this guy's like, you listened to me and looked at the sports pages. You love sports. Yeah, it's like he he took it more as like you look like a guy that has played some sports, watched some sports, and just maybe even gambled on sports before. <laughs> You're it. <laughs> oh my god, he gambled on basketball, right? He can't be put in the situation. It's triggering. Oh my god, no, it's okay. This is college, Brandon. He <laughs> right. wears a chain, and he's not an alcoholic gambler. That's right. That's right. My mistake. But yeah. No, we forgot. Just bringing it back in. Yeah. Do you just want to finish out the Brandon storyline? I guess so, because other than that, the only thing is Deshaun, right? Yeah, and, and so basically, like, later on, he talks to the professor, and he says that there's this basketball player that is in his class. His name is Deshaun Hardell. He's from Texas and formerly a JUCO, and he wants somebody to coach coach him up in the tutoring department. Um, and so he's like apparently interviewing other students, but yeah, so we talked about like how Brandon just really easily got the job. And the only thing is, is he's just got to be eligible. So he literally just has to be above the Mendoza line. Um, and so Brandon gets to go see Deshaun and yes, my, my, my fellow podcast host, my ladies, that is black lightning himself amongst many other things. Yeah, I instantly recognized him as Wallace's dad from Veronica Mars. He is also Vince's dad in uh, Friday Night Lights. This man's in everything. Yep. And he's Bailey's first husband in Grey's Anatomy. He really is in so many things. Like, he was in ER. He was in, I mean, countless things. And And this was, like, his second or third credit. Um, as an actor so and he's in like a handful of episodes so he he really has had consistent work since the early 90s so good on you 
I'm for it. Like, I I looked up. He's in, I think, 13 episodes mm-hmm. of 90210. And I didn't look up when they happened. I feel like I have to assume they're all in this season because we have 32 episodes to fill. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I kind of really enjoyed this scene. Like, it was ridiculous. Oh, ridiculous. But I loved yeah. it. Because, like, mm-hmm. yeah, Brandon shows up to this guy's practice. And without having had any conversation or anything, he's like, you need to stop playing basketball so we can go study. Which, yep. like, no, that's not how these things work. Like, you mm-hmm. introduce yourself. You set up a schedule. Like, you exchange numbers. This is how things happen. And Deshaun is like, all right, well, I'll go with you if you sink this shot. And so, of course, all of us, the viewers, are like, sir, I don't think you know how much horse Brandon played. <laughs> he was on the JV basketball team in his sophomore slash junior year of high school. This man is an athlete. And so, and so, yes, he sinks it. And then this is my guess for quote of the week. So when Deshaun goes... Uh, what does he exactly say? He goes, oh, Brandon is hard. He does, in fact, say that thing. (laughs) And then they play two-on-two instead of studying. And Brandon is so easily sucked in. He's like, oh, my God, boys want to play with me in basketball. (laughs) Sorry, in basketball. (laughs) No, it's just perfect. And he just, yeah, who knows if they, we never find out if they actually studied. Will Deshaun be eligible? Oh, you know. continued. You know that's the arc. Brandon oh, yeah. Brandon gets too excited about being one of the guys getting back into basketball. What had happened if my parents hadn't let me quit basketball? Or and hockey. Then- <laughs> <laughs> or literally anything else because Brandon. Brandon. But no, this is totally going to happen is he's going to get like totally sucked into Deshaun and hanging out with all these guys and then Deshaun is going to dip below that stupid Mendoza line. And I bet we hear the word Mendoza line again. <laughs> and that's when the drama will start. Yep. How will Brandon climb back out of this hole? How will he dig himself out of this and not only boost Deshaun's grade, but his heart? They must <laughs> learn a lesson. Just wait for the the slow Beverly Hills 90210 soft, like... <laughs> theme song on the piano (laughs) that's when you know oh we get one of those in this episode and it was at the cheesiest part which i guess maybe we can go go there it's basically the kelly david slash donna storyline oh the storyline that we can talk about in like two seconds because nothing happens yeah literally because like basically kelly's kind of interwoven with like this storyline as well as dylan's in a little bit but basically like David and Kelly and Donna are at the beach apartment and Jackie has come over, which great. Love to see Jackie. And she's apparently doing David's laundry because he can't do anything anymore. Of course not. But she's also buying them pizza, which like whether or not, you know, we are ragging on David for how he's been lately. This is such a mom move. And my mom absolutely she wouldn't come to my apartment because like she was in Fayetteville and, and Athens is two hours away. But like when I come home, she would absolutely do this stuff. Like, she would buy me groceries or, you know, like, help me with laundry, whatever it was. Or at least let me use her machines. Like, whatever. So, I did love that aspect of Jackie because we don't really see that that often. But she brought baby Aaron, who is growing up so fast. <laughs> She's a cutie. They picked a cutie. 
She is a cutie. And I, I love that, like, this is kind of the way that they're still bringing back Jackie. And even Mel a little bit, because he does show up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, you can really only have the Walsh parents with the way everyone else has moved out of their stuff. I mean, Felice yep. and Dr. Martin have moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, David's mom moved to Seattle? Yep. Portland, something like that. Somewhere on the West Coast, yeah. And then Dylan, yeah. obviously, um, Iris. She's not coming back. She ain't coming back. We know about Jack so far. And Jack's coming back. Do we? Do we know that? I just threw that out there to keep you uh, keep you thinking on that train. Jack's coming um, back. <laughs> Return of the Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so to your point, like the other local quote unquote parents are Mel and Jackie because they didn't leave California and, and they didn't leave like the greater Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we see her in this scene, come over and yeah, order them pizza. She's doing laundry. She's being cute. This is like the beach apartment has turned into the handoff for baby Aaron, which is really kind of weird but okay Mm -hmm. and then the next time you see Jackie is back in the apartment and like I guess it's the same kind of like handoff of baby Aaron but Mel shows up while they're there with baby Nina she (laughs) is so young and like I totally get where like both sides are coming from of like Kelly just yelling at David and being like, your dad is so brain damaged or whatever she says. Uh, And then, you know, David standing up for his dad being like, well, they were going to meet sooner or later. But like, David, your dad really does suck. Yeah, it's it's hard. It is hard. Because, again, this is the whole thing about divorce when you have a, a kid, a shared child, you know, it's different when it's Kelly and David because they were not, they were just brought into the fold. But for a little baby Aaron, of course, Jackie's going to miss Aaron when she's with Mel and vice versa. And of course, there's no reconciliation here that's ever going to happen between Jackie and Mel. So of course, like Mel, first of all, Mel bringing Nina into the fold is a horrible decision, whether or not it was that evening or like whether or not he knew Jackie was going to be there. Like, I think that's a complete besides the point because you're also bringing her into an environment that's like David, Kelly and Donna, right? Like these people, like David clearly knows her, but I don't think Kelly did. And Donna definitely didn't. So it's like, leave her in the car. You're literally coming inside for five seconds to pick up your daughter. Like, yeah, leave her in the car. And like, it's going to be, kind of a hostile environment with Kelly being there. Totally. She's going to hold that against you because, you know, I don't want to say that these kids are picking sides, but they are picking sides because, like, you've got the stepdad who cheated on your mom or, you know, I guess from Mel's perspective, like, you know, Jackie won't let them move on. Mm -hmm. Which also very weird line when she comes in and Mel is like, oh, this is Jackie, you know, Aaron's mom. And she's like, yeah, and don't you forget it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That was clearly like a, I'm mad and I don't know what to say. Yeah. It was <laughs> just like, yes, I am. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> yeah. And still like, like, and I get from one perspective, kind of like you were saying, where it's like you protect your own blood, you know, in this case, like David's all on the Mel train, but like, bruh, you got to acknowledge like your dad's pretty terrible. Like he's not great. And so it 
just sucks to see Kelly and David get mad at each other because there's a very clear, like, yeah, this is kind of bad behavior. Yeah. Well, and, like, Donna calls them out several times Mm -hmm. because, it, like, when it finally clicks at the end, it does feel like it's just, like, a click. That's what I mean. (laughs) It just just happens. Like, Kelly – this is, like, much later in the episode, but this is the whole, like, baby Aaron piece of it. Because I think this might be the only time we see David. Like, I think we see him in passing some other time, but this is it for David. Yeah, you basically um, have one of those pass-throughs where Steve and Brandon were talking, and then they see David reading Moby Dick, and then yeah, transitions. Yeah, because they're like, oh, the whale did it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like the close to the very end of the episode, David is babysitting baby Aaron, and then Kelly comes home and just starts yelling over the baby. Like, mm-hmm. she is old enough to start, like, absorbing feelings, even if she's not going to remember having those emotions around her. Right. Like, they're just, like, putting negative energy onto this baby by being like, you're babysitting her. Your father abandoned her and da-da-da-da-da. And then they're just yelling at each other over the baby. And then Donna is just like, stop it. She's like, um, baby. And literally, yeah, I wrote, like, y'all stop yelling about this kid's parents in front of her. And then Donna says, like, stop yelling about this kid's parents in front of her. It's like, thanks, Donna. And then it's like, bling, ding, ding, (laughs) ding, ding. And then it's over. (laughs) Yeah, they're just like, you're right. We shouldn't yell. I'm sorry, David. I'm sorry, Kelly. That's it. That's literally it. It it was so dumb. (sighs) So um so, so to I, Dylan or to Brenda and Stewart? I was just about to ask that. I feel like we gotta I think we should talk about Brenda and Stewart first because Dylan is actually who we end the episode with. Mm-hmm. And Brenda and Stewart, like aside from what we've talked about already, they just have lunch. Yeah. That's For it. For the entire day. <laughs> they are never not having lunch. Well, oh, no. they're not having lunch, but like this is like a full like setup. They had a carving oh, yeah. station. They had a carving station. They had like a valet and like when the Walshes pull up to the McMansion, like and this isn't even a McMansion, it's a full on mansion. And like there's a person who was just there to provide coffee whenever and yeah, this house was like this is crazy. So Stuart, the Carson family is like definitely loaded, like not just a Dylan loaded, but like very very rich and basically well there's a couple good things that happen right like cindy finds a fellow gardener oh my gosh i loved it so much she just like hands her these flowers and she's like oh my god they're beautiful and cindy's like girl your garden is beautiful and you just like (laughs) see it like their hearts grow three sizes oh totally so it's wonderful that we still see cindy's interests be so strong (laughs) cindy must garden or recycle. Always. She Must. is about the environment, whether that's gardening or recycling. I wonder. She's, gr- like, <laughs> she's literally growing and then reusing what she grows. Like, she's like the full cycle. She is. Reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> yeah. All in one person. Did she come up with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is Cindy Captain Planet? Oh, my God. She totally is. Right now, she's got close to the haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if you put Cindy and Brandon together, you get Captain Planet. 
Yeah, because his haircut's the more square-looking one. And he is definitely the more, like, outwardly, like, I'm going to do stuff. Because mm-hmm. they only called Captain Planet when they needed shit done. That's true. When they needed their powers combined. Yeah. <laughs> and Cindy is heart. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> Brandon's fire. <laughs> Rude. No. I take offense. <laughs> Same. <laughs> he can't be Wheeler. <laughs> I mean, but he's the angriest of the bunch, so he kind of has to be. He could be Captain Planet. No, I really think you put... Just paint him blue. (laughs) (laughs) He's too short. You don't know how tall Captain Planet is. He's Captain Planet. (laughs) Not Captain Plant. He's not Captain Moon. He's Captain Planet. He's the whole dang planet, okay? (laughs) <laughs> oh but i i have no segue um, lunch yeah lunch hey captain planet's gotta eat so do brenda oh. and family yeah yeah they um what's interesting too about this um this lunchtime is that larry is that his name mm-hmm yeah, he's, like, all about still trying to do work during this lunch and talk to Jem about it. And then he's like, I think Mary said this in her synopsis. He's like, hey, son, why don't you help me out with these figures or something? And he's like, um, it's the weekend, and on the weekends, I don't do work. So, bye. I know. I love that, like, Stuart is respecting his work-life balance, and he's on a date, and his father is just like, this mall affects you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only other... I think the only other option I had for quote of the week, I didn't actually like write the whole thing down, but it's the part where Larry is like, Brenda, will you tell him that he blah, 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 blah. And then like she gets halfway there and she's like, what was that, Larry? Yep. That was a good one. That was a good one. I didn't write it down. So could I wrote better. it down, but I've written down the other ones that you've said as well. So I just want to make that clear. I have not given away my pick yet. I also think my favorite part of this whole piece is after that, uh, Stuart and Brenda get up and walk away, and Vivian looks at Cindy and goes, oh, they're so cute together, and Cindy's only reaction is, ah! (laughs) It's a very, like, tale of two families here, because you can tell the Walshes, even though Jim was, like, setting Brenda up with him, is like, wait, you mean youths can see each other more than one day a week? I I truly, like, you see it repeated over and over again, like, especially Larry does it later in the episode, you know, Mary touched on it in her synopsis, but, like, they just see Brenda as a child, and mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yep. Can you imagine, like, them telling Brandon he can't see girl B, girl C, whoever, like, you can't see her multiple days, or, like, no, you need to stay home tonight? No, I can't, because they wouldn't. Yeah. They... Brandon made up a second room with a futon. <laughs> I am convinced that he did buy panties to put into that, like, extra drawer. We talked about this. <laughs> I know. I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> you weren't expecting panties? I don't love the word, but it's there. <laughs> that, that's your nickname. No. Panties is the best word. What? I love saying panties. 
I shan't be called panties. <laughs> Shanties. <laughs> That's Shanties. better. That's so much better. All right. Your shanties. All right. It's no worse than anything my mother called me. <laughs> I can't wait. Or if Nate would just remember my name. <laughs> oh my gosh. Could you imagine if you were like five years into marriage or, you know, however many years into a relationship y'all are? And he's just like, hey, you. you. <laughs> I'm just like, this is my wife. Uh, Honey, introduce yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Babe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't speak for you, darling. <laughs> this is uh, my wife. I call her wife. Yeah. I mean, that's what, how John might do it because that is your nickname. <laughs> that's my name on all of our apps. It's just wife. Yeah. You go to Netflix, it's John and wife. <laughs> that's great. Oh, man. Anyway. Stuart and Brenda go play pinball because we needed to see that. Yeah, I wrote Brenda and Stuart play pinball. Blah, blah, blah. Brenda said the L word? I know. She was like, oh, what? Because uh, he goes to do something and he's like, oh, my parents are just outside. And she's like, oh, the shoe's on the other foot. What if I say, I love you? And then they kiss. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. That had to have been just like a tactic to shut him up, right? But... Yeah. Like, it's been a week, right, guys? I think so. Yeah. Can't be more than that. Like, I mean, only just told Kelly about Stuart. <laughs> Stuart. Okay, this is, a, this is a good, you know, question. Say they're, like, you know, really getting into this, like, actually this, like, you know, super fast romance that they seem to be building up to. How many weeks would it be appropriate for one of them to say it keeping in mind he's 24 she's 18 i'm gonna say four actual media or fan fiction that does have give me both answers okay okay um actual media three weeks see i would say four okay fan fiction like two hours. Yeah, that's okay. this, sounds, this sounds about right if it's fan fiction. <laughs> okay, so what you're saying is Larry Mullen had fan fiction about Stuart, but he hates Brenda, so he uh-huh. split the difference and made it two weeks. Well, I also think he made uh, what is his, is his name Larry? Just like the Papa. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. uh-huh. so they made or Larry decided to punish Brenda by her saying it and Stuart not saying it back. Ooh. So she can say it early, fan fiction-wise, but he can't say it back until four weeks. Interesting. Because, yeah, so she says it, and then, like, camera goes away, camera comes back to the two of them, specifically up in his room. Mm-hmm. Because this is where she's taking a shower, because question mark, question mark, question mark. Made mm-hmm. of things. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh gosh. I mean, we know Brenda doesn't have sex. Like, that's just not a thing she's doing right now. And I have to assume that's still the case because she said at the beginning of the episode, we haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, part of me is sitting here being like, I mean, they obviously did things. But like, what if she just wanted to take a shower because she was in the pool and all sweaty? And then dad yeah. comes in and is just like... 
Now, son, she's a child. <laughs> you should have told her to be naked in the pool house. Yeah. I How is that better? It's right. inappropriate for this girl to be in your room, son. I don't know why I'm like a 20s reporter. (laughs) Hey, get on that right now, Sonny. Get that to the press. It really works, though. (laughs) But, like, I also love this is a mansion. You have guest bathrooms. So the idea that he's like, you send that girl to the pool house. It's a weird line. (laughs) When I first watched that scene, I thought he meant you should have made her bang you there. But Walk not on. like that far. Like I kind of was there too because it's like it's more private, right? Like it's a little bit more away from the group, I guess. I don't know. But like, what Jim and Cindy are going to be like? I would like to see the rest of your house, very specifically your son's bedroom. I mean, that's a fair point. Like the pool house would be right next to the pool, which is right next to where Jim and Larry are working. Well, I think that sums it up. Logic has no place here. <laughs> we don't Nothing. know how rich people live. Who knows? What's multiple bedrooms like and houses and guest houses and things like pools and pinballs and oh my. Right? They, they have a room for their pinballs, but Brenda <laughs> must go to the outside house. What Notice is more than one room though? Notice he said take her to the pool house, not the pinball house. <laughs> Son, what have I told you? (laughs) This is a bigger one next to that one. (laughs) Oh my god, what if he was like, I know you're really stupid, but this is the real house. (laughs) Did you forget what house you took her to, son? (laughs) I can imagine him saying that, though, because he's such a dick. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Oh, man. Oh my gosh, and it was so uncomfortable. When Brenda walks out in a towel, because somehow she did not hear Larry standing there being like, son, you can't have this woman in your room. And she just like comes out and stands there and it's just like, oh, my God. And then leaves. Yeah. Mm-mm. And then, yeah, Larry is just like, you know, the Walshes are not as progressive as me. Larry just wants to see Brenda in a bathing suit. I even made a comment about that earlier. I was like, I do not like her in a bathing suit around this man. Yeah, that's a fair point. At least she wasn't in a bikini. I feel like that would have been worse. It was almost modest, but it still had that like early 90s, like all the way at the top of the hips. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that look on people. Oh, it was so cute. But I was just like, girl, you are showing a little bit too much like upper thigh. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that body, body part is? <laughs> I'm literally standing here like touching my legs. Like, what is this called? I, is I, it I, a flank? <laughs> it's pelvis. <laughs> but for real, I feel like he's going to propose to her in like 10 minutes. Who, Larry? Larry? No, no, not Larry. <laughs> Stuart. But That's what Larry's going to love him. that. Mm, Larry is going to love that. I feel like. I, I mean, Vivian is too. I honestly, I literally cannot get over this idea that they're like, oh, yeah, you know, Stuart and Brenda are also going on a date tonight. And then Jim and Cindy have an issue with that. So he goes up to his adult son, who is like, I'm over 21. He's like, yeah, but she isn't. Like, I love that they pick 21 for this line. And they're just like, you can't go out with her tonight. Her parents want her home. Isn't he 24? He's 24. And I feel like they only picked the 21 line 
because 21 comes back later for Dylan, but like I feel like under normal circumstances, it wouldn't be 21. But obviously in the state of California, being 21, you're old enough to buy a gun and also to sleep with girls at your parents' house. (laughs) (laughs) The law says I can, daddy. (laughs) I mean, maybe they pick 21 because it makes it less of an age gap, seem less than an age gap. Like it's, it's literally in between their ages. Like it is the middle point between 18 and 24. Assuming she's 18 and not 19 yet, because we never know when her actual birthday is. I know. I've been saying 18, but I have no idea how old she is. But it's a midpoint, so maybe that makes it better. I don't know. I have no idea. The but mean yeah. of our age is old enough to drink. <laughs> I could see somebody like Stuart kind of pull that out of his hat and be like, eh, eh. <laughs> See, Stuart? Dad, I'm not, sm- I'm not dumb. <laughs> I'm not so smart sometimes, but this time. I am. <laughs> I'm just imagining Stuart like pulling a 20 out of his pocket and being like, she 21 now. <laughs> yeah, like he, all he knows is just bribery. So he's like, yeah. would you say that if I had a Benjamin? What about two Benjamins? <laughs> I feel like at that point, Larry would be like, get out of my big house. Go to the little house. Go to the pinball house. Go to your room in the pinball house. (laughs) Son, I would like you to retreat to the west ring of our (laughs) sub-mansion. You have to stay in your wing tonight. (laughs) Driver. Mother Mother and I shan't tuck you in tonight. (laughs) I feel like they're like, you can only have one butler tonight. (laughs) No carving station for you in this wing. (laughs) You have to walk all the way to the kitchen for the kitchen carving station. You will eat your meals in the other dining room. Not the formal dining room, but the other one. (laughs) Maybe we should have ended the episode. (laughs) I know, it's about to get real dark. I know, and I have a good fun fact slash reference for later, but it's so dark. Uh, No, save... Save it, and we'll bring it back. We can bring it back. No, no, no. It's for the bad stuff. No. That's what I'm saying. Like, give us a fun fact, and we will find a way to bring it back. Okay. We can do it. I don't know. This one's dark. (laughs) No, we can do it. We can totally do it. Well, shall we go to the Dylan storyline, then? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I want to start, I guess, all the way at the beginning, where Dylan and Jim are talking about the carjacking, and they're like you know, signing insurance forms. Dylan is, you know, having the whole, like, kind of PTSD moment of, like, well, I could have done this. I should have done this. Like, I guess it's not really PTSD, but. And then Jim is. kind of. That's what Psychology Kelly said. Yeah, well, and he's, like, Jim is, like, you should probably get some counseling. And I was, like, yes, Jim, because Jim has experienced people being held up at gunpoint. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you remember Brenda getting therapy? Yep. I remember Brenda getting therapy, and Dylan's just like, I have a better idea. Gun. It's, it's not a better idea. It's a, no, it's not. It's a horrible idea. It's such a bad idea. I mean, on like, 
The only silver lining to take away from that is that he goes safely to a gun range where he doesn't own this gun and the gun stays there. That is literally the only silver lining. And I do really appreciate that, yeah, he is learning how to shoot a gun in a safe environment. And, like, there is something to be said about getting your aggression out and, like, you know, developing hobbies, whatever they may be, as long as you're doing them safely. But, like, you can't do it in place of therapy. Correct. Like, I always see tweets that are like, just a reminder that, you know, physical exercise is not a replacement for therapy. And I was like, you stop that. I know. How dare you? (laughs) I I shall try. (laughs) I feel personally attacked. I can outrun my feelings. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, because like like you said, Psych 101 Kelly, which is how I will be referring to every time she psychoanalyzes someone, Mm -hmm. has this idea that, yeah, he's probably feeling, you know, PTSD or some sort of like emotions coming off of this experience and so she agrees to go with him and I guess she doesn't know where they're going before they get there that's what it seems like because like I think she would have been opposed based on her reaction once she's there yeah I mean she is very pro-gun control and it gets to a point that like she picks up the gun she is pointing it she is trying really hard to be like okay it's gonna be loud but I just have to aim here this is totally safe everything's fine and then she like breaks down and puts it down she's not gonna do it And then Dylan just yells at her about being a victim. Yeah, this wasn't a good look for Dylan McKay. No, and I'm like, I just need Dylan to get therapy. Everything with Dylan always happens all at once. Have you ever noticed that? Like, he, it's not just that his dad comes back into town. It's also in the middle of his love triangle with Kelly and Brenda. You know, it's, he... His dad doesn't come back into town the first time. It's also when he's, you know, trying to focus on his sobriety. Like, I, I don't know. I just I just feel feel like everything with Dylan is all or you get him just reading, you know, like, yeah, literally like what Kelly said, like either he's got all these emotions or he's like reading in a cafe in France forever and not wanting to do anything but that. Like, I don't know. And, and that's that's fine. Like Dylan is very emotional which has its ups and downs and its pros and cons but we can't just have dylan and kelly breaking up he also has to get carjacked and has to have trauma and has to be obsessed with guns now it's it's a lot no it's that's a really good point i kind of feel like the writer's don't know what to do with Dylan as a character if he's mm-hmm. not going through everything all at once. Yeah. Or if, like, they don't know what to do with him if he has his money. They don't know what to do with him if he doesn't have his money. They don't know what to do when his identity is not about money or if it is about money. Because, like, this whole thing started because he bought a new Porsche. Well, and yeah, it's like it all turns into an argument, and I, that's probably why they gave Jim the money back is like, you know, it gives us this whole dynamic between Jim and Dylan, and we know Dylan has, you know, daddy issues and all of these different things, but it gives more of like a drama piece of it. I mean, like we'll get to it when we get to it, but Dylan's going to need a lot of money for what he wants to do at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. and Jim's going to know about it. Jim's going to see the receipts. Jim is maybe an accountant. Right. He he is a financier of some sort. <laughs> he does money. He monies. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a good point, too, because he's going to have to get cash because these black market dealers aren't going to be like, sure, what's your uh, what's your <laughs> yes, debit I... card number or money wire or... I take personal checks. Yeah, like that's not going to happen. It's got to be cash. And how does Dylan get cash these days that's, you know, uh, above a certain limit? I was going to say, Walsh. Jim gives him an allowance that, you know, I'm sure is probably very similar to like a responsible adult's budget of like you need mm-hmm. this much for your rent, you need this much for, you know, gas and insurance, you need this much for food. Here is like an extra $100 for entertainment or something like that. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, like all of this kind of boils over. He yells at Kelly. And then the next time we see Kelly in relation to this story is when she's at the peach pit waiting for Brandon and Steve to talk about Dylan. And frankly, I hated this. Same. Like there is no reason that she needed to go talk to Brandon and Steve and then be like, he's fine. I don't know. I've never seen Dylan do anything irrational. I also didn't like that Brandon was trying to diminish the seriousness of it by saying, hey, you know, I grew up. What didn't Brandon do when he was a kid? He apparently hunted when he was a kid, too. And so he's trying to say, you know, people pick up hobbies. And normally in a normal situation like that would be. Yeah, Brandon, people pick up hobbies. Homie just got carjacked at gunpoint. Make connections here, bro. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, he says things like, I'm sure Dylan is fine. Ever since the riots, people in L.A. have been arming themselves, which, like, statistically, you know, historically, da-da-da, all of that is true. But I think somehow Dylan and Steve, like, just kind of diminish the fact that Dylan wants to buy a gun and he is not old enough to buy a gun. Right. Unless they don't know the age. Like, that's the only way that they could – that this could be fine is if they just didn't know the age, which I can't believe that. Brandon wouldn't know that. Right. Like, I can get over Steve not knowing the age, but Brandon reads the paper to appease his father. Mm-hmm. Like, Brandon knows. Brandon yeah. just did a whole bunch of research on, what What did we even call it? That line? The Mendoza line. Right. Brandon knows the age that you can buy a gun. Mm-hmm. But, like, the idea that these guys are supposed to be, you know, at least Brandon is arguably Dylan's best friend. Right. And it's just like, no, he's fine. Like, you know he's not. You watched him kick a bunch of shit at the impound lot. Yeah, you literally saw his rage at the lot. Like, uh, Brandon's just bad at making connections, I think. Yeah, and then somehow, like, Kelly has to kind of force them, like, force this information on them to be like, you have to go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Which is, I believe... The next time we see this story? Yeah, because this is when Dylan shows up in his Jeep, um, which, love the Jeep. Don't know why he didn't have this car to begin with. I know. Look how well that uh, surfboard fit in the Jeep. I was like, I love this journey for him. And then he was like, it's a rental. Yep. I was like, for now. For now. Buy that Jeep, Dylan. But, yeah. own. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so he... Comes to the Walsh house? Is that where they were? No, no. he was at his house because They're they were sitting house. outside. Because apparently everyone just sits outside Dylan's house and waits for him. Right, like, right. He feels like, uh, what's the episode of New Girl where Nick Miller is just like, I don't need a phone. I'm going to be the guy who doesn't have a phone. <laughs> That's what Dylan That's- feels like to me right now. 
that's definitely Dylan vibes. Um, but yeah, so he shows up to his own house and Steven and Brandon are there. And this is where my reference comes in. So did you guys hear Steve in reference to Kelly? He says, yeah, she thinks you've gone Waco, man. I did hear that. And I'm like pretty sure that was a David Koresh reference. Oh, it's, it is definitely Waco, Texas. Because didn't the whole stuff in Waco happen in 93 or around this time? You would think. I didn't look I it up. I should this. have. I know. I'm Well, I just recently watched Wake the limited series about. Oh, that was a good one. Right? I liked that one. It was so good. So, and I'm pretty sure it was 90. I'm yep. pretty sure it was 93. February yeah, 28th 93. to April 19th, 1993. Yeah. So this is hella relevant and hella dark because to connect like I don't know. It was it hearing it made it was a little insensitive. <laughs> it I don't was. like it. <laughs> See, and that's the thing is like you're right. It's it's pretty insensitive, which kind of feels on brand for Steve. Yeah. But it's also a recent cultural event, which feels not on brand for Steve. True, true. Like I just wanted someone to be like, Steve, how do you know what Waco is? Right. Like it would have made more sense for Brandon to say it. Yeah. Or like Brandon to have said it before he got there and then Steve said it and was like Brandon I get the reference yeah and didn't understand like the poignance of it yeah (laughs) but like yeah they go inside and Dylan kind of plays it all off like no I don't like guns and yeah literally like Mary said he just like flips over a guns and ammo because he's like I'm gonna go get some soda flip which I guarantee whatever ad is on the back of that magazine, like I didn't see this specific one, but I guarantee it has something to do with like, this is a gun magazine. Yes. Like either a, um, like a promo for like, like a coupon or something for ammo. Like definitely it would have had gun oil. A, something, mm-hmm. Like it would have been something and like, I don't know. I also feel like if you show up after your friend has just been carjacked and he's like, yeah, man, no, I'm totally fine. I'm going to go grab some sodas. You're just like, he is suppressing everything. Yep. And then, yeah, like, he really is suppressing everything because he tells them, no, I'm fine. I'm not going to do all these things. And then he goes to the gun store, wants to buy like a Walther PPK or I don't know, something. He looked like a little James Bond gun. It totally did. That was the only thing I noticed about it because I don't know anything about guns other than I don't like them. And yeah, it looked like a little spy gun. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I loved him being like, it was a no-brainer. I tried a bunch of these. And then for some reason, the gun owner and the gun range owner have been talking about Dylan without talking about – okay, no, never mind. This makes sense to me. So the gun range owner – talks to Dylan, tells him, oh, you want to go see this guy to buy your gun. He's going to have all the stuff. He gets to that guy. He's talking to him. He's planning on doing a whole legitimate arrangement. And the guy is like, oh, yeah, you know, Denny's been talking about you. You're a great shot. You're totally safe. Everything's fine. Oh, you're 18. Um, I only sell to 18-year-olds after midnight. Like, they, yeah. they knew. They knew what was going on here. There's, there's some funny business happening. Yeah, it's just not great because, like, I, it's a very hard topic 
And it doesn't get easier, like, the more, you it, know, like, from 93, 94 to now. Like, it, it hasn't gotten any easier. No. I just think there is a sincere problem with knowing the law, telling somebody the law, and then telling them exactly how to break it. Because then you're responsible. You're liable. You're accountable. Like, I just have a big problem with that. Yeah. And I think... A thing I'm trying to accept here is that, like, the show, it's a show, right? Like, yeah. they want to show these, you know, uh, important moments and life events and, like, learning experiences. And we want to talk about, you know, gun violence and tragedy and trauma and all of these different things. And so, like, we're going to have to see these people go through pain. Yeah. Which means we're going to have to see people facilitating that pain. Totally. Yeah, and and yeah, I'll be clear. Like, I'm not mad at the show for doing it. Yeah, I'm mad when that happens in real life. <laughs> and I think that's the thing is like the show. You know, we can rag on it for other things, but like the show does really well of like evoking these emotions in you to be like, totally. oh my gosh, why is this underage kid getting access to a gun just because he showed up and this guy wants to make some bucks? Totally, a hundred percent. Like, ugh emotional it is and that's how we end <laughs> i know it's it's just a weird ending it didn't feel it didn't feel it felt neither cliffhangery nor settled it you felt, know it was like that weird in between it it was definitely like yeah that like weird in between of like the will he won't he of like we still have a chance to see dylan walk away from this correct and i personally don't think we will but we have the chance right because he could make that decision to not do it. He could not go. He could whatever. Yeah. I don't think so either, though. No. I'm trying to look through my notes just to make sure there's nothing else that I want to cover. I think that was pretty much it for me. Mine was pretty straightforward this time. I think Except so. for, of course, you guys picking my quarter week. <laughs> How far off was I? Not even close? Well, well, I want to know what Mary's um, oh, pick is I first. That's fair. We got to know that I first. I totally forgot to write them down, but I did have like a really favorite moment. And that was when David was on the radio for three seconds before Dan <laughs> turned him off. It was like, let's listen to college radio. Uh, David. Off. <laughs> Click. <laughs> like it was 2 a.m. Exactly. His show had just started. Dan's yep. like, oh, this guy. I love it. I love that that is still, like, kind of going through, but they're just like, all right, we don't actually have to play the radio station anymore. <laughs> yeah. we now that Donna's it. not on it, nobody wants to listen to it. It's true. And that's, especially because he called it the David Silver Show. That's so boring. Call it, like, Silver, the Silver Psychopath Show? Yeah, like, Silver at Night or uh, um, the Silver Show. I don't know, like... Radio <laughs> at night. This is nighttime radio with David Silver. <laughs> like, I don't know. Anything. I would prefer that at that time. Right? Yeah. No, I feel like that'd be like if you listened to me at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> reading my story from when I was seven. <laughs> he should just go full Delilah. Do you guys remember yeah. Delilah? Just talk Delilah. in a soft voice. And talk about love. Yeah. Take take requests. 
Mm-hmm. He's for dear people David. People who want to do nighttime things with people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. So that wasn't my quote of the week slash moment of the week. Um, Errol, you were very close. You actually nailed all three that I was choosing between. Okay. And, you know, I originally picked one, but then I kind of changed my mind when we were talking about it. So I'll tell you what I, well, first of all, guess out of those three, which one I'm going to go with. Ugh. I feel like you originally went with Brenda. You're, you're laughing. I feel like I'm so wrong. All right. You originally went with Brenda, and then you switched to Brenda. I don't know. Which which one? Like, I can't, which, I can't which... get – no. It's too much pressure. Okay. okay that's fine. <laughs> originally, I went with Brenda. <laughs> and it was the one where she was sassy to Larry, and, and, and he's like, Brenda, would you tell him that with his attitude, he's never going to amount to much? And Stuart or and Brenda says, Stuart, with your attitude, you're what was that, Larry? Like I just love the sass. I anytime Brenda gets to I feel like have a bit of Shannon Doherty in her dialogue, it works out. But we all know it's gotta be Brandon is hard. <laughs> I love it so much. Why, uh, Deshaun? Why? I know. <laughs> and see, that's what I was even gonna say that you switched to. But then I was just like, no, it's too obvious. I mean, it's, yeah, like, I feel that. Because, like, initially I was like, oh, it's always Brenda. Like, because most of the time it's either going to be probably Brenda or Kelly just because their delivery is so good. But, yeah, it had to be Deshaun this time because it was just such a weird thing to say. <laughs> Do we have a new fan favorite, Deshaun? I love that guy. Just the <laughs> actor in general. I love him. And, like, I'm already for him as a person. Like, they built a whole story, like, a backstory for him. And I was like, he's from Texas. He plays basketball. He went to a junior college so that he could work his way up to get into a regular college. And then he even talks about, like, how between his four-year colleges, like, he had multiple picks. And he's like, I chose California University. Yeah. Like, I feel like I already know so much about Deshaun. Well, and he just has, like, a very charismatic smile. He's, like, very upbeat, like, very enthusiastic. Like, and, and it's crazy because he's such a baby in this. And obviously because it's a second acting credit. And, like, now I know him as Black Lightning and used to know him as Vince's dad in um, Friday Night Lights. But, like, he ages really, really well in the sense that he never loses that smile. Like, that smile is so consistent. He's like Dennis Quaid in that aspect. Like, no matter how old Dennis Quaid is, you can't, like, knock that man's smile. Or Julia Roberts, for that matter. But, yeah, so I just love this dude. So I'm, I'm on the Deshaun train. I'm so ready for it. Let's do it. Well, so, okay, then. That's a good segue. What is going to be the episode next week? Yeah, this one will be interesting because the, the title of it doesn't actually feel like it's going to forward the plot along a lot. But hey, who knows? It is going to be season four, episode eight, 20 years ago today. Ooh. We're I in mean, hold on. No, we're in October. Do you think it's a Brenda Brandon birthday episode? No, think about it. Think about what we had in the first season. 
another number related episode. <gasps> the 17 year itch. <laughs> Bingo. And now we're in season four. Well, married oh. babies. Yeah. Oh, Jim God. Cindy. Stuart <laughs> is going to propose soon. He's going to get swept up in the Jim and Cindy. <laughs> I swear, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be pissed. Like, okay. he has to propose. He has to. He's already on the track. It's been a week. <laughs> the word love was half said. <laughs> They're, no, he's going to try and marry Brenda. It's been a week. Why aren't they married yet? <laughs> well, guys, we will see. Oh, I'm so ready. All right. Well, until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. And you can send us an email if you want to. Just give us your theories. How long do you think it should be before Brenda and Stuart <laughs> get married? Is it, should it have already happened? Or are we going to wait? But any of those thoughts, any comments, any questions, any anything really, email us at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review, share, all of those things on your podcast apps. All of that really helps us get seen. And if you leave us a review, we'll give you a shout out on the show. We really like those five-star reviews. Yeah, but just let us know how you feel. And regardless, if you give us a comment, give us an email, whatever it is, we'll shout you out because we really appreciate all the all the listeners out there. We really appreciate that and just hope that you keep doing it and so we can keep doing this thing. Yeah, so we will talk to you all next week. And from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Vivian. And I'm Stuart. Bye. <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye, Mom. <laughs> <laughs>